God is good. You know, um, it's been so um, cool over the last couple of weeks. Just Well, I suppose it's longer than a couple of weeks, but you know, when you're 56, everything is just a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, or yesterday. But uh, just seeing just the Lord just do something in the midst of us, like, um, you know, and the Lord always starts like with leadership. You know, he always starts in the house, and he always starts, you know, the Bible gives this, this depiction of the oil being poured on Aaron's head and then it flows down onto his beard and then onto the garments and it's a picture of, of the anointing flowing down. It's no, you know, no, it's no good because leadership can stop things or make things happen. So it's no good missing the head and going straight to the body because it can be shut down or whatever. But just being watching the Lord stir my own heart and, and the hearts of the leaders and elders and the pastors in the home church and, uh, and it just seems like there's something fresh that there's a season we're going to enter into and uh, you know we're going to reap and I'll tell you something Liberty we've sown a lot and there's many that's gone before us in this community that have sown way before we ever arrived here but there's been a lot of sown which means there's a lot of reaping and we found ourselves praying this week in the early prayer morning that, that it's like knowing Jesus says that the harvest is plenty but the labourers are few it's like we are praying, Lord, reverse that. That may the labourers be plenty and the harvest be so few because we've been out there labouring. Amen. And then he says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send us. And that's been their prayer that, that we would hear the Lord of the harvest speaking to us individually and collectively. And he does this by the Holy Spirit. He does it by the Holy Spirit. The most important person on the planet right now is the Holy Spirit. The most powerful person on the planet is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is seated in heavenly places. He said to us, he said to the disciples, he said to us in his word, that when I go, I'm going to send another. Exactly like Father and me. We're going to send another. The gift of the Father. So the Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father to us who was sent by Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes and I love the way this just keeps on flowing. The Holy Spirit comes and he glorifies Jesus. And Jesus is glorified in our hearts and our lives. And what does Jesus do? He introduces to the Father because there's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. And then the Father goes, I'm going to pour out my Spirit. I'm going to pour out the gift. And he says, Jesus, send the gift again and again and again. And you see all through history, the gift of the Father being sent, the Holy Spirit, who glorifies Jesus, who introduces and shows us what the Father is really, really like. And that's the sense, that's the feel, that's the... I didn't listen to the other guys' sermons deliberately because I'm probably going to say some of the same things that they've already said over the last couple of weeks. And then um, to keep it a little bit like pure. And then, like when Patrice started talking about... The, or Rob started singing, I've got a river of life flowing... How do you play a, 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 an air guitar? Can I just see? Can you just do your air guitar? I love, I love watching. They, I love that one, Lorraine. Do you ever see someone go like that and I go, oh, you're on a Spanish guitar? <laughs> Ken's on the, he's like a little bit of a rocker. Rob's there playing. We've got a river of light coming help me. And the, the word the Lord gave me was Ezekiel 47, which, you know, it's a well preached part of the scriptures. But when God is in it and that season of that river flowing is in, it's not just now a sermon, it's, 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 it's greater than a message. It's, great. it's like the, the realisation and um, the demonstration 
of it is what, what we want. Because if not, we can just see, think and look at these things and go, that'd be nice. But I'm just experiencing dryness or I'm experiencing apathy or I'm experiencing, experiencing fatigue. And the river can be flowing by us. And, you know, rivers are great, but they're greater when you get in them. They're a nice view and they're, they're like, they look refreshing. They look, but it's greater. And there's an invitation in Ezekiel. And that's what I feel the Lord just wants to say to us. That it's, pretty, it's pretty simple in my little simple mind. That like, there's a message. And yet it feels like it's already been done before. Because that's what Patrice called us to. And, um, and yet we just give some context within the word. And we'll be out here in about five, ten minutes. If you believe that, you believe that. So I'm going to read from Ezekiel 47, verse 1. It says, oh yeah, and the NLT might come up over there. This is out of the NLT, sorry. Ezekiel says, In my vision the man brought me to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from the, beneath the door of the temple and passing right of the altar on the south side. Probably means the south side of Dublin. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gate, gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gate. Merging as he went, he took me along this, this stream um, for 1,000 feet, 1,750 feet, and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured again and led me across. This time the water was up to my knees. After another measurement, it was up to my waist. Then he measured it again, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert of the valley of the Dead Sea, into the valley of the Dead Sea. The water of this river will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. There will be swarms of living things. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever the water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way to Engedi and Eglim. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will be filled, will fill, will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified, for they will be still salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and thaw. They will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they, are wa- they, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be, for fu- will be for food and leaves for healing. And in Revelations, John in Revelations talks about this river in, in chapter 20, verse 2. He says, verse 22, sorry. 22. Says, then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river, a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. 
Isn't that incredible? So Ezekiel is telling us, and I believe the Lord is inviting us to experience what that river is and what this river brings. It brings life. The river, Jesus said, I'll just go to the end of the message. Jesus says, that was already sung by Rob, that if anyone is thirsty, let them come to him and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So now we become the carriers of this living water. So what we experience here in, in Ezekiel, the invitation is to jump in. And you know, like the, first of all, the river went ankle deep. And there's loads of, you could hear a million messages on this passage and they would all say, and each preacher will see something different in it and say something. You read the commentaries, they will all say stuff and some will inspire you and some will go, I might as well just go home to heaven now because this thing is not going to get any better. So you always be careful what commentaries you read. But there's an invitation and it says he walked me into the river and it was up to my ankle. And he walked me into, again, another measurement. A thousand cubits and uh, uh, 1,750 feet. Or a third of a mile, another translation says. So like all the measurements add up to things that we understand. But he walks us in and, and we're up to our knees and then we're up to our, our waist. And, and that's the invitation for God to refresh our walk, God to refresh our prayer life, God to refresh our lines where we can, we can have new vision and give birth into new things. Like There's all different ways this, this can go, right? But when I was looking at it, and uh, what, I, what, what I feel in this, that like when you get to walking up to your knees, up to, up to your waist, you're still in control. You're still in, I know how to do this walk, I know how to, you know, it's up to me knees, like, but I can still walk, I'm still touching earth, I'm still touching ground, I'm still in control of this, I don't have to go any further if I don't want, I don't have to, you know what I mean, I don't have to splash around in this river if I don't want, so I, I'm in control, like, um, but there's an invitation to go deeper, where you're not, your feet is off the ground and you're swimming. You're not touching the you're not touching the earth. You're not in control really. You know what I mean? But the river is flowing and the river is touching areas of our lives because once I'm up to my waist and up to my knee and up to my ankles, I still haven't got my head under, I still haven't got fully emerged immersed into the things of God. So therefore I'll say, God, on my term, like we I was praying here yesterday, we were praying in this room yesterday, and I found myself repenting to God. I was like, Lord, you know what? It's like I looked up at the televisions and I said, Please forgive me. For turning you on when I want to turn you on. That when I want you, I'll go, or I'll watch Holy God Netflix now. Or I'll put you, when I want it. And that's, that's, that's what this is like. It's like, when I want, I'll go in a bit deeper. When I, want, I'll, I'll, when I need you, I'll, I'll come to you, Lord. But the invitation is to, is to be fully in the flow of what God has for our lives. Like, it's like, Lord, forgive me for doing, I'm just going to leave the television on all the time because I don't want to just touch And for me as a preacher and as a pastor, it's like, Lord, I really need you Sunday morning, Lord. Just turning around, turning around. Like, and I felt so convicted that, Lord, I'm sorry that I, I, that I don't want you just... And, and, and it all sparked off by a thing I was listening to by John Eldridge. And he, he said in this little thing that he does called Pause... If you want, I'll put it into the, the, the Liberty Broadcasting. And it just tells you every few times in a day just to stop. It's only one minute. Jesus, I was made for you. Jesus, I was made for union with you. Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you. Fill me up, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. 
Imagine a couple of times a day. I was in the Red Cow last week, like people getting filled this and whatever, and it came up on my phone because you can set it to come up four times, three times, two times a day. And I just stepped away into the crowd and I just put it in. Jesus, I belong to you. And I played a three minute one yesterday. That's only a minute. And it says, Lord, heal me of every place where our union has been broken. And it just caught me. Just caught me off. Lord, I know there's times and places when I know that union's been broken and I've never even asked you to fix it. I've never invited the river to come and go, will you heal that brokenness? I was reading through Matthew this week and Jesus said, blessed, happy are you when people say all types of evil things about you. When people, you know, do things, lie about you and whatever. That's the union stuff. That breaks stuff in us. Because of life and people and selfishness and sinfulness, all the things. And it's only when he said that, I'm like, God, I never even asked you. I've done forgiveness stuff, I've done, but I've never said, will you heal? This river is here, it says it heals. It brings life to every place. But as long as I'm in control, as long as I hold the remote control, I determine what I watch, what I listen to, what the volume is like. And I'm like, Lord, here's the remote control. Or that's what the jumping in the river is. I give you the remote control. And the river brings life. Like you read yourself. It, it went, Lord, let it touch off those places that I don't go near. That I've turned up the volume on that, Lord. Every time you speak, I've got an ability to block them out. Or yesterday as we prayed for you and for liberty and for me and for us. Lord, heal our ears. Unblock wherever there's a blockage. Heal part, partial deafness. That like, I can hear, but when there's something I don't want to hear, hear, I have an ability to block it out. And heal us of infection in our ears. That where we've been damaged of things that's been said, spoken. People that have been in ministry, that have been hurt. And every time there's a call for ministry, or every time there's a call, or holy, the Lord's trying to call you into what he's prepared for you. It's like you hear everything through the infection. I can't go there again. I can't give on myself again. What if, what if this happens? What if I'm let down again? What if I'm hurt? What if I'm overlooked? All the things like that when we're in, in things of God that hurts. In the job of my hurt to get overlooked. But it hurts doubly hard when you get overlooked or hard done by in church. Because there's another depth to it. It's the spiritual stuff. And it's an invitation. Look at just abandon it all. Like, you know, I, I was watching this show. Sharon puts these great shows on and they were like, you know, um, it was like getting your backyard done in America and all of a sudden they have a little yoke and before they're finished they have fountains and flowers and swimming pools turned into something that looks like, like heaven. And, and this guy just ran, he, there was something that was blocked in the drain and one of the workers, he just ran and he jumped like, dive, you know, like, um, what's that, like bombed it, is it? Bomb dive in, right? And when he, he splashed everyone else. But that is sense that God is going, come on, just bomb dive in. Because I'm not asking you into a river that man, it's not a man-made river. It's a God-made river. It says it flows from the temple. In Revelation, it says it flows from the throne. And it's healing and the leaves. And you won't be without fruit. You won't be, like this is like an invitation to living, to life, to the flow of life, to the flow of joy. I was thinking during the week, imagine that God has called us to live in a place of absolutely fullness of joy. I'm like, God, how do I get there? It's there. 
The invitation is there. The process of getting that into us and out of us is there. But it's like, oh, no, you're going to jump in. You're going to jump in. That's, that's really... Or Charles Spurgeon says this about, um, about uh, the, 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 the missionary Muller. What was Muller's first name? Anyone remember? George. George Muller. He says, he's preaching, and he's preaching on the river of God, uh, um, Spurgeon. And he says, and what about Muller, he says? He says, he's in the river. His feet hasn't touched the ground in years and years. And he says, and there's 2,000 children orphans that he's reached. That their, their, their feet haven't touched the ground because he's in the flow of God. And I love that picture. It's like, like you're going somewhere. You're, you're achieving something. You're experiencing life. But you're not really in control of it. You're trusting that the Lord is in control. And then in Ezekiel, it mentions swamps. And I've looked up about swamps. I don't want us to be swamp people. Swamps are good. I didn't think they were good. I wanted this message to go. You don't want to end up in a swamp, they're bad. But swamps are good for the ecosystem of everything. There's certain plants, there's certain life that, that has to exist there. It, it, helps the, the, it helps the rivers, it helps the ocean, believe it or not. You think it's like a smelly thing, you know what I mean? It's not like that. It's just a purpose for it. But you cannot live there. You cannot go deep in it. You cannot jump in and just abandon yourself. There's crocodiles in there. Do you know, there's snakes in there. And they need it. And there's other plants that are needed. needed but but you can, you can, they're good. It's, it's all right. But you will not survive long in the swamp. It won't work in the many times that, like, it's it's just amazing the way we just the way we feel the and I feel the Lord has been leading us like for us as a church and, and it's like I have this picture in my mind that people are just stuck and there's things around the bottom like of a rock that the Lord is like He's moving it. They're not going anywhere yet, but He's just shaking off some of the stuff that has stuck us. I know that's not good English. Well, here's another good, bad bit of English. He wants to unstuck us. <laughs> unstuck us. He wants to unstuck us so that we run and we, we run in just nearly holy abandonment, afresh to Him. Not to anything, not to any organization, just to Him. And then He will lead us. Woke up this morning, Sharon was having one of those five o'clock in the morning type of um, hot flushes. And, uh, and she puts on the telly really low, but that drives me mad. I'd rather hear it. But when it's there, it's like, you know it's there, but you're not hearing that and, and all that. And I'm like, Sarah, just heard of, who was she listening to? Reinhard Bonnke, the evangelist, right? Who, me and Sarah went to a meeting, and that's where we got saved at one of his meetings. And he's talking about when he got called. When, it's like when the river of God just went by his life and swept him in and he jumped in. And he was talking about like that he was in England. And when he was in England, so Reinhard, if I knew, everyone knows him, so don't explain him. So like, right, do you reckon Reinhard has led 80 million people to the Lord? Right? Like one meeting in Nigeria, 1.6 million turned up. You know, 600,000 people get their lives to the Lord with decision cards handed in to local churches to follow up. So not just like elastic numbers, do you know what I mean? Like, at, like documented, not, 80 million is nothing that's not documented with people's names, addresses, where they lived or whatever. So, and then, um, and in 1989, myself and Sharon was invited to a meeting in Dublin and we went to hear this man and we were, we were, we were part of that 80 million. And uh, so anyway, he starts off, here we go, he starts off 
he was from Germany, he's from, uh, he lived in Frankfurt and he lived in Hamburg and Frankfurt. And he says, I'm neither a Hamburg or a Frankfurter. And uh, the German were a sense of humor. It's just a miracle. But um, that's the river of joy there. But uh, he, goes, he goes, he's in London. He sees a, a sign on a, on a house, um, home of George Jeffries, which was one of the Jeffrey brothers who God used um, to just start the Elam movement. If anyone knows the Elam movement, but like miracle signs, wonders, like absolutely incredible. In fact, the, the, the Jeffrey brothers with a number of other people a uh, hundred years ago was sitting up in Monaghan with another load of pastors with the purpose of how, what's the strategy of the evangelization of the whole of Ireland? What a great, what a great even title of a meeting. How do we reach Ireland? And the miracles, everything broke out and broke um, and they ended up going overseas to England and all and they never ever got down to the south. But that still hangs in the balance. That still hangs in what God's plans for our country. But um, anyway, he's old. Like if you read about these guys, you'd be amazed. But he goes and he sees and he, he says, I wonder if he's still around or if someone is there that knows him. He knocks at the door, the house lady. He says, um, could I go and see George Jeffries? Is he still here? And she said, he is, but he cannot see anybody. And he said, she, she, she took up the whole frame of the door. He said, there was no getting by this woman, even if you wanted to. And he says, out of the back, a voice came. Send the boy up to me. And my heart goes up. And he starts praying in the conversation. He prays with my heart. He nearly pulls my heart to his knees. And he lays hands on him. He was an evangelist. He lays hands on him. The river God just swept by him in London. He ends up in Lesotho, of all places. And he wanted to be this evangelist, but no one wanted to listen to him. That's what he said. And he, 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 he says, so he, he, he has this encounters with God. It's like, and he's given up. He has no money. He, he's, um, he goes to another part of, of the country. And he has no, he gets an airplane to somewhere. And he has to walk from the airport to the town. Because that's how broke he is. That's how, like, nothing he has. And he ends up back where he was renting an office. In, in the, he had uh, $50 was for the office for a month. $50 a month. And he walked out with no money saying, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. And the Lord said to him, as he's walking across the road, the Holy Spirit said to him, the river swings by when you're in the dumps, when you're in the swamp, when you don't know what the next move is, when you think there's no life here, all of a sudden the river of God swings by like he's doing this morning. He's swinging by you whether you know it or not. The river's just flowing in. He's like, come on, come on, come on. You get a few splashes. Like, That's refreshing. And he says to Reinhardt, do you want a million dollars? For your ministry. And he thought about it. He said all the things I could do. All the places I could go. All the people I could reach. With a million dollars. And he said out of somewhere deep within him. An answer came. He says no Lord I don't want a million dollars. But in typical Reinhardt fashion. He says but I will have a million souls. Wow. The river of life just touched him. And I said to Sharon I was like half baked asleep and I was like Sharon more two of them million <laughs> he starts a crusade he loves doing crusades and he went to these pastors and he says God he had a, he had, sorry, he had a vision of a blood washed Africa Africa shall be saved that happened in Lesotho so he gets the bit between his teeth and he goes and he says to the pastors we're going to do a crusade we're going to do this. No pastor. Who are you? No one knew. Who are you? He 
said, God gave me a vision. He says, everyone says, God gave me a vision. Who are you? And he ended up with no pastors or anything. And he put, out, put the word out there, built a little team. And a hundred people, a hundred people showed up. He booked a stadium that held thousands. And a hundred people showed up. And he says, so I got up the breach. And he says, something happened. A woman jumped up. She says, I can see. Some lame man jumped up and started dancing because he was crippled coming in. And he says, this is how much he didn't understand the river of God. He said, he was thinking, how dare they interrupt my sermon. He said, I didn't speak about healing, but people were getting healed. And the rest is history. 1.6. He didn't use stadiums anymore. He just used fields. Because they couldn't contain in the stadiums. Because the river. He was in a swamp. He was in a place where nothing was moving. And the river of God just swept by and he went with it. And then God brought him to a new place. The woman at the well. This is what God wants to make us. The woman at the well. Who Jesus was speaking to her. She was at the well. He met, he, she met Jesus at the well. And Jesus made her a well. He made her a well that carried this living water right into the village where she told everybody. And everybody listened to her. Everybody, because the water is refreshing. It's not religious. It's not condemnation. It's like something that brings you to life, as the Bible says. That he wants us to be people that like jump in the river so that we bring the river. Jesus said in Matthew, or John chapter 7, he says, out of your belly, this is where I want this river to come. Jump in because the river gets into you. And Jesus, his, 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 his main goal is, is like he spends half of his life, he spends half of our lives trying to get into us. And then he spends the other half trying to get, get out of us. <laughs> I have a more simple, my motto is, I'm a little teeth or small and stout, here's my hand and here's my spout. When the water's ready, pick me up and pour me out. Fill us up, Lord, so that we can be poured out. And if we do this Christianity thing right, we're constantly going back to him to be filled because we've been poured out. But when I let the water just stay in my teapot, it's not nice. In fact, tone's very bitter. When it's soaking, he's like, no, I want to keep pardoning you. I want to keep bringing life so that you bring life. So that you touch the lives of other people. That one word out of your mouth just splashes life all over other people. And that's the invitation. That's the invitation that the Lord is bringing us into. Do we want this as leaders? Absolutely, 100%. Because brain needs to be reached. People need to be touched by the, the love of God. And we're just saying, Lord, here we are. You know, the river doesn't mean you have a great strategy. The river just means you go where God wants you to go. Do what he wants you to do. Say what he wants you to say. I'm telling you, it's the most adventurous life that we could ever ask for. And I know we know this. I know we know this. I'm not talking to new Christians here. I'm talking to people that know what it is to be in a river and I also not talk to people who know what it is to be at the swamp. And God's like, I'm going to move you. That's what when, was, when you were praying there, I was just saying, yes, Lord. You have my yes. Move me. <laughs> I want to move with you. You have my yes, Lord. Like 34 years of ministry. You think you've been through enough to, I've been through enough to run away a thousand times. I failed enough to give up a thousand times. Somehow that river just comes by. When you feel like 
You know, might as well put a little cabin on the swamp and stay here with flies going around me, alligators trying to eat me, snakes trying to poison me. Might as well just stay here because it's somehow safer. At least I know where the alligators are. At least I know where the snakes are. At least I know the mosquitoes, what they're going to do. But getting into that river of life, Lord, is also a battle. And if you feel tired of ministry of life, you need to jump in. Because the one thing I know 34 years into this, I don't do not ever get tired doing the will of God. I get tired when I try to avoid it. I try to half listen to it. When I'm doing things I'm not called to do. Or when my energy is expended outside of my parameters of anointing. That's what tires me out. He's never. Do you remember when the woman was at the well and the disciples came back and said, Jesus, you haven't eaten all day, Jesus. He says, I've eaten the bread you don't know what about. My food is to do the will of the Father. So what's that all about? Jesus wasn't tired. He wasn't even hungry. Because he was right in the center of what the Father does. And that's what the river does. It brings us in. This centralizes us right into the will of God. Everything else will fall into place. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. And everything else will fall into place. I get tired looking after the everything else. If you look for the king, he will sort out the thing. But when we look after the thing, we miss the king. And the invitation is fresh to us. Come on. Come on in. Just like... Just put those, wrap their arms around those knees and go for it. And just do a, a bomb right in. And those who are on the outside, they'll get a splash of your water. And then all of a sudden they're like, man, I've tasted and seen God is good. And I want to go. I want to get in. I want my life to bear fruit. In every season, every month, 12 fruits produce. The others taste and see then that God is good in your life. And even for that in Revelations, it says, your leaves will be healing to nations. So Reinhard was happy going, to, you know, he wasn't happy, but he was in London. He was going to Bible College in Wales. And God put nations in him. You might think, well, look, I'm, I'm just happy to get out of the swamp. No, but there's more. There's more than the swamp. There's more than just what you see around you. Who knows who you're rearing? Who knows who you're important to? We don't know. We don't know. Well, I'm not going to the nations. I'm, I'm Ken. I'm 99 years of age or something. He is going to the nations. He has been to the nations. So we pray. And my invitation is, we just, in your time, no, today, that we just take a step right to the left, but that's indicating to God, which what we already did. I said, Lord, I want to get in. I'm tired of being a swamp person. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of no movement. I'm tired of my own excuses. I have a million reasons not to go, Lord. But yet there's this draw. There's this pull towards that river, Lord. This is, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, Lord. I'm going to jump in. I, I, I want to be like George Mueller, Lord. I want my feet not to touch the ground for a while. I'm tired from walking. You know, we always say our walk, you know, how was your walk with God? How was your swim? 
How is your diving in? How is your leaves? How is your fruit? Other people come by and you just they're like picking the fruit off your life and they're finding life and healing. The water will heal what you need to get healed, and then your your healing, your pain becomes someone's medicine. So Holy Spirit, we ask ask that a handwritten invitation is given to each heart right now, Lord. Come on, Lord, more for you. Come on, no one else can do what I want you to do. I've created you for this very purpose. I've loved you, I've kept you. I've been patient with you, I've been forgiven towards you, I've been all that for these moments. When you talk about giving up and you're stuck forever, he's here today to say, no, you're not stuck forever. Will I ever get over this pain? Yes, you will. Because in the river there's healing. And there's joy. And there's hope. And there's future. And there's plans. And there's purposes. And they're really experienced when you go under. Could you stand with me, please? I just know God honors movement. Jesus was quick to say, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me. You know, there was an invitation that was like, come on. And you could just move right now in your heart towards him. And say, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I mean, I trust you. I trust that it comes from your throne. I trust the river comes from your temple. I trust you, Lord. You know what you're doing. It's not an invitation to trust man or a man's vision or a man's church or a man's name over a door. It's an invitation. It's something that comes from God's throne, underneath God's throne. And it says there in Ezekiel that it was, um, like another translation says, a trickle of water came. And then, again, you know he's talking about a river that's like full. Maybe just the ankles is to walk in. That's just to get you in. It's a trickle. Then you feel and you feel the refreshing. You have some understanding that you hadn't had before. I'm, I'm including me in this. When I say you, it, it's just... But the flow of abundance is the river of the provision of God is the river in all of its fullness in all of its flow and so Lord we take a step we take a movement right now just one little step forward sides whatever just just a faith action that's all that is we've already decided in your heart you do a physical we just Lord lift up our voices in our hearts and we say Lord we want more there is more we desire more, we need more, we want more, Lord God. And we trust you for the more. We trust that this is your invitation, Lord, into experiencing your love, your grace, your mercy, Lord God, your strength, Lord God, your, your, your healing, Lord God. I speak to every ear to hear in the name of Jesus, every infection to clear up 
in the name of Jesus. Every partial hearing in the Spirit that you will hear fully. You will have clarity, understanding, insights into the plans of God for your life. Now every infection, Lord, that you just put the healing balm like right in, O oh God, so that, Lord, whatever is being damaged and the way it's being damaged, O oh God, Lord Jesus, would be healed. And there'd be no effects from it. There'd be no like, type of infectious film over part of our ears where we're just hard, half hearing and muffling. And everything is, is nearly hurts my ears to hear certain things. But it gets freed today. It gets healed today. In the name of Jesus. And we move, Lord, towards what you have for us. We move towards this river. We move towards your flow. We move towards where you want us to go, what you want to do in us, Lord. We lift up our voice. We say, Lord, will you fill us up, Lord? We hand you the remote control. I don't want to turn you on and off every time it suits me or doesn't suit me, Lord. I'm giving that up. Whatever's on the screen right now is what you put on it, Jesus. Let a flash before us, Lord. Let us see what you want us to see, Lord God. Let us hear what you're saying. Let those who have ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying. There's new ministries that's in you. There's new song in you. There's new business in you. There is new opportunities in you. Hallelujah. And we, I just release them in the name of Jesus. I release strength. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that the water supply towards you right now is not trickling, it's full on. Because the, the supplier of the water is not turning off the tap. I pray that you fill us up, Lord, and you make us a well. That we can, you, you give us a bucket that we can draw it out, Lord. And give to others, Lord. And anyone that bucket is being robbed, Lord, you put it back in the hand. New enthusiasm, freshness of vision. <laughs> like, Lord, in and of myself, I can't do this, but I'm flowing with you. I'm flowing with you, Lord. I trust you. Give me the abilities that I need. You give me the confidence in you that I need. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I say what Jesus said over us. And if anyone is thirsty, let them come to him. You know, he stood up on the great day where they were celebrating a feast, where they were celebrating the water that was provided for them in the desert. And then he goes and stands in front of them all. And he was like saying, see that water that the high priest is pouring out? That'll dry up. But if anyone comes to me, out of your belly will flow water that will never dry up. If you believe in me, as the scriptures say. So Lord, we say, would you let rivers of living water come over our innermost being. Notice he says rivers. That every hat you wear, there's water, there's life for that. Father, mother, friend, minister, business partner, whatever. He says there's rivers. So Lord, we just release the rivers. We ask you to do something. We just put your hand on your belly. And we say, spring up, O well. River of God, spring up so I may experience the life that your word says.
the fruit in its season that your word says. That Lord, it won't be brown and withered. It would be alive. It would be fruitful. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. For your glory, Jesus. For your namesake, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we say yes to you. Yes to you. Show us. Be so alive in us that we see Jesus in everything. Jesus, show us how when we see you in everything, we give glory to our Father. Father, would you continue to pour out your spirit, your gift. Jesus, would you send the gift to us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Told you it'd be only five minutes. What do we do now? Take an offering. Oh, just letting you know the offering box is there. Tea and coffee. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this day. I bless my brothers and sisters. I bless, Lord. I bless you with absolute union with Jesus. Every breakage healed. Absolute oneness that is already ours, oh God, that we step into it. We're going to hear and see God. We're going to hear the voice of God. We're going to perceive the thoughts of God. We're going to experience the love of God. We're going to experience the love that caused God the Father to send His only begotten Son. I bless you in the name of the Father that all that our Father has for us on this Father's Day would be released to you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Everything that we do, everything that we say, may it bring glory to you, Jesus. I bless you in the name of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of him in every way. And the people said, Amen. 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 Could you stay with us for a cup of tea?